Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. So to his credit, he played in all 17 games. You know, despite the, in the NFL, there were 66 different starting quarterbacks. So I would, you know, give him a representative average per year, and then we would slug it out on the uh, the guarantees because, you know, going back to Alabama, he's had injury issues, but he, he, he deserves a contract. He's played well, and he answered the bell for 17 games. So I would try to guarantee maybe the first two years instead of, you know, three years. And um, like I said, that's where I think the rubber is going to have to beat the road, but he, he has earned an extension. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. A very happy Thursday to all those joining off the bench with me today. This is Hunter Hughes coming to you from the beautiful Pacta Studios in a sunny afternoon here in Honolulu, Hawaii. Josh Pacheco is uh, going to be on the call tonight for men's basketball, as well as Gary Dickman in about 55 minutes or so. Going to be bringing you guys countdown to tip off as University of Hawaii is set to play uh, this evening out on the uh, on the uh, I guess we could call it the 10th Island of California. <laughs> um, but uh, with that being said, you got me for an hour today. Enough of this Packers talk. Enough of this. Bears aren't this. Bears aren't that talk. Today you got me for an hour, and so. Stop the press. Slam on the brakes because we have some some potential breaking Chicago Bears news in the sports world today. I put up with Josh and his stinky cheese love in Green Bay Packers and their apparent new owner of the Chicago Bears, Jordan Love. And you know what? Today, we're going to go in some straight Chicago Bears talk for a little bit, okay? I've got two words for you folks. Cliff. Kinsbury. Josh is in California, but hey, when you've got me on the radio today, Handsome Cliff could be going to the Chicago Bears. As as shared by uh, Adam Schefter earlier today, former Cardinals head coach Cliff Kinsbury, a senior offensive analyst and quarterbacks coach at USC, is expected to interview for the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator job, per sources. Kinsbury's USC um, quarterback, Caleb Williams, is expected to receive strong consideration to become the Bears' number one overall pick in this coming NFL draft. Now, you might be wondering, yeah, this is this is no big deal. This is just uh, another coaching hire, uh, another potential coach uh, player uh, coming together. I don't think so. If you're a loyal listener of this show, uh, by the way, uh, if you feel like giving us a call today, 808-296-1420 is the number. Uh, You could also text us via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Would love to hear from you folks weighing in on uh, other NFL talk as well. But wanted to get to this because this is very near and dear to my heart as a Chicago Bears uh, diehard fan. And let, Let me just say, we've been dying for a long time, hoping that this could potentially shift the cosmos in the Bears' favor. Now, a couple things to get into here. Cliff's already had a chance at the NFL. This is not him taking over the Chicago Bears' team like what he did in Arizona. It's a little bit different. 
this to me is saying that the Chicago Bears are interested in not just bringing in Cliff Kinsbury, but interested in bringing in a new era to the Chicago Bears. It, it has not been so much about the failure, if you will, the failure of one player in particular. Okay, it's, it's not so much on Mitch Trubisky. It's not so much on a Justin Fields as much as it's an institutional issue here in Chicago. Chicago's issue for years has been their inability to progress, to evolve, to change the way that they call their football games. It's, it's been a ground-and-pound style of football pretty much from the invention of football. Bears be, being one of the original teams in the league, their offense, their, their style of play really has not progressed through the times as the game of football continues to move forward. This gets me excited because with this addition, if if they end up hiring him, this could be a dawning of a new era in Chicago. Again, the number 808-296-1420. And if you've been a loyal listener of this show, you know that I am big on Justin Fields. I love that guy. I love his heart. I love his grit. I love his toughness. That, that hit that he took in the... Uh, uh, the, the the CFP game whenever he was still in Ohio State, I thought, man, if the Bears could make a play on this kid, hmm, I like him a lot. To me, he's the closest that we have seen to Cam Newton. Closest we've seen to his size, his ability, his arm strength, his, uh, his running ability, and we see you guys there on the phones here at 808-296-1420. He's the closest that we've seen to that caliber of an athletic talent. And so I don't know if it's so much on him that the Bears have been somewhat mediocre. To me, it's much more of a bigger issue on an institutional level on what type of football the Chicago Bears are willing to try to play in. If you bring Kinsbury over, he's probably going to bring Caleb Williams with him as well via the number one pick, with the, which the Chicago Bears have in the 2024 NFL draft. And with that, we could have ourselves the ability to turn the tide, to see something completely different with the, um, with the addition of Caleb Williams to the, the Chicago Bears roster. We're, we're, uh, we're figuring out who's on the phone as we speak right now, but this got me excited, and I, I've been wanting to stick with Fields as long as I possibly could. But this could potentially change some things. Let's say hello to Brian here at 808-296-1421 to talk about the Bears with me. What's up, Brian? How you doing? Hey, Hunter. This is Brian yeah, from Maui via Buffalo Grove, Illinois. So Hey, my guy. Your old stopping grounds. Um, yeah, Bears fan. I uh, agree with you. I, I'm just... Wondering, you were just discussing it. Do you believe that replacing Fields with um, Caleb Williams is beneficial to the Bears, or maybe getting other draft picks like offensive line and some places yeah. like that? Yeah, you know, I, I think you're we're, we're tapping on a bigger issue here, and it's not so much on Justin Fields. I I, I was a fan of us sticking with him, and I, it sounds. To me, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, you're big on Fields the same way that I am. I feel like he's done anything and everything 
to win the support of the Chicago faithful. Um, the, I, I agree. Yeah. And, you know, to that measure, the issue usually that comes in NFL um, coaching staffs is they want to bring their own guys. They, they, they want to bring in their own pieces to the chessboard, if you will, to accomplish the schemes that they're trying to um, initiate. And so with that, you know, Cliff Kinsbury's never coached Justin Fields. He has coached Caleb Williams. In fact, he's currently, if you want to make that argument, currently still coaching him. He was the offensive or the, uh, the, the the QB coach and offensive analyst at USC and has a ton of input into that kid's game. So my, my only thinking is if you get Kinsbury, they're trying to move in the direction of also snagging Williams as well, along with a brand new offensive scheme. Yeah, you could be right there, but I, I would also argue – but not really argue with you. I agree with you what you sure. said earlier. I think they just need to change the way they do their whole offense. I think Justin Fields has been held back with some poor coaching, some poor scheming, all of those things. And I think Kingsbury is pretty creative and can bring some things to the table that would benefit either Justin Fields or Caleb Williams. Absolutely. You know, hey, uh, hey Brian, thank you so much for the call, man. I uh, love getting the uh, the input uh, from a, a fellow Chicago native and also uh, shout out to Maui. Appreciate it. We're, uh, we're going inter-island out here. Um, all those listening from the outer islands, what's up? It's great to, great to uh, hear from you folks. But uh, he brings up a really good point because for as long as I've been alive, Chicago Bears have been good at two things, defense and running the football. That is it. That is pretty much it. And I don't like the argument, well, it's cold in Chicago. Well, it's windy in Chicago. They can't throw the ball. No. Last time I checked, Green Bay, Wisconsin is about 60, 70 miles north of Chicago. And it is far colder up there than it is sometimes in Chicago. And yet Jordan Love is able to throw the ball. Aaron Rodgers has been able to throw the ball there. Brett Favre, they, they, they don't have any issue getting a transcendent, game-changing quarterback and a passing offensive scheme in the exact same division as the Chicago Bears. And they own us in that category, by the way. It's time. It's time to change some things. I'm not a real big fan of ditching fields because, granted, I, I love his leadership. I love his toughness. I love what he's um, been able to spark in terms of a new fire in the Chicago Bears. However, if you don't have a coaching staff, if you don't have an offensive scheme drawn up to put him in to allow him to be successful, then maybe a change needs to happen in his two years since coming into the league in 2021, Fields has had two different offensive coordinators. That first year really didn't give him much help on the outside either. Wasn't really until this past season where we got DJ Moore uh, via the uh, Carolina Panthers trade, which we're, we're still going to benefit from as well in this upcoming draft, that really I ever thought that we'd have a chance to get the ball down the field. Maybe this is something to, um, to think about, though. I, I still think one of the greatest issues the Bears have is, is in the fact that we don't have any threats going down the field. We got one of the best up-and-coming receivers in this upcoming draft via Marvin Harrison Jr. 
Some would say that's a bit steep to take a wide receiver number one overall. There have only been a handful of those in the history of the league. But to me, if you if you gave me the number one pick before all of this news about Cliff Kinsbury interviewing for the offensive coordinator, I think I'm taking Maserati Marv. Which, by the way, that is his nickname, by the way. It's kind of been coined throughout his time at Ohio State. One of the coolest new nicknames in all of sports, in my mind. Maserati Marv is high on my list. Um, we're just a, a month or so away from being deep in NFL draft talk. And so if you, you've got an idea on what the Chicago Bears should do, what your team should do, give us a call here at 808-296-1420. We've got a bunch of stuff to get into today in the remaining 45 minutes. We've got a pair of Wahine basketball tickets uh, for this Saturday, the 20th, against UC San Diego to give away. We're going to be giving away those in just a little bit. Uh, we've got some college football talk to get into. Uh, we also have some fashion talk to get into because if you're a loyal listener to this show, you know we're as big a fan as lifestyle and art and fashion as much as we are sports fans. And uh, since it's just me and Liz here, I'm going to find a way to bring Taylor Swift into the conversation because, well, she's kind of a part of our sports world now. That is a little bit of a tease for what is to come. We'll see you guys after this break right here on Off the Bench. Countdown to tip off with Gary Dickman. Going to be coming to you guys in about 40 minutes or so. UH men's basketball set to take on Long Beach State this evening. Uh, we've got a pair of Wahine basketball tickets to give away to in just a little bit uh, for this coming Saturday against UC San Diego. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, this is Off the Bench, and you are talking with Hunter Hughes. Coming to you on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. Wanted to uh, get to a couple things that we were talking about in the first segment. We uh, were deep in Chicago Bear NFC North division talk. And uh, speaking of which, another team from the NFC North is still unbelievable. Well, two teams uh, at that matter are in the the uh, the NFL playoffs for this wild weekend in front of us. The Green Bay Packers are going to be set to take on the San Francisco 49ers. And something just came across my desk. That's got me that's got me turning a little bit. Got me squirming in my seat a little bit. Former Packers player Mark Chimura believes that there is a way that the Green Bay Packers could actually beat the San Francisco 49ers. He says, "You guys are going to think I'm crazy, but a 15-yard penalty, and I don't condone this, but I kind of do in the playoffs. A 15-yard penalty for a late hit on Brock Purdy." is not a bad thing as long as it's worth it. <laughs> Just hold up one second. This guy is literally condoning purposefully, intentionally, harshly hurting another player. I've never even heard of this guy. Okay, I, I grew up not liking the Packers already. How dare this guy say something like this saying that it, it, as long as you're in the playoffs everything goes to, to basically go out there and headhunt another player come on like 
And if you know anything about Purdy, he's a good dude. Extremely humble. Gives back. It's still on his rookie contract, by the way, of like, I think like six or $700,000 after taxes. I'm, I'm sure my guy is uh, doing okay, but just about that. It's not like he's making the, the tens and tens of millions that many of his teammates are. I mean, it, it's a feel-good story. And, and this guy wants to condone headhunting that guy. I, I just, we got to cool it, man. This is the these are the kind of comments that makes the NFL institute rules the way that they are institute um hitting violations the way that they are in the league not doing it right man not doing it right in the slightest uh you know who is doing it right though uh speaking of 49ers Chris and Jessic and no, I'm not saying Kristen Jessick plays for the 49ers. Her, her husband, Kyle Jessick, is the fullback for the 49ers. But uh, Kristen Jessick is in the news because she makes jackets. Jackets from jerseys. And you might be wondering, what, what's the big deal here? Well, the big deal is the jacket that she that she made was worn by Taylor Swift and a handful of other celebrities that went to the wildcard matchups this past weekend. She literally takes jerseys, real NFL jerseys, cuts them up, puts a fresh um, coat of stitching down on top of them, um, puts um, some fluff on the inside to, to, to make them kind of puffy so that they can withstand the cold. You know, the Chiefs were in sub-zero conditions. The Buffalo game saw something like that too. And her jackets are being worn all across the league by the likes of Simone Biles, Taylor Lautner, uh, Patrick Mahomes' wife. Any chance that we can bring it around to pop culture on this show, we're going to. And uh, our resident Taylor Swift expert, Liz Stace, in the other room. Liz, have you seen these jackets? I mean, they're awesome. I kind of want to order one for a University of Hawaii jacket. I think they're I think they're really dope. I looked it up in the commercial break because you because Hunter told me to get on this, and I think it's really cool. Like, I think it's exciting. Probably, if we're talking specifically on Taylor's part in this, yeah, I think it's ex- probably exciting for her to finally be able to like be on the other side of things as mm. not really the subject of fan craze, but being on the opposite side. You know, wearing Kelsey's totally. name on her coat and everything. I mean, and- in my mind, she's just uh, a walking mannequin at that right, point. Exactly. It's, it exactly. has nothing to do with her. It has everything to do with the jacket, the exposure for the artist, and you know, to that, um, to that point. Um, Kyle Jusick took to social media and basically went hunting for every video that featured one of these jackets and he tagged his wife so that every time people, that's exactly right. Supporting (laughs) the grind at the highest level. Every time he saw a picture or a video of Taylor Swift wearing his wife's jacket, he tagged her. I don't know about you, but that sounds an awful lot to me like true love right there. That's my attempt at trying to rewrite the ship for some of the craziness. If you if you've got an idea on how to not do it, follow the instructions from that play that previous player from the Green Bay Packers, Mr. Uh, Mark Chimura. If you want to follow how to do it right, maybe take up the uh, the leadership of my guy Kyle Jusick, who just wants his wife to make more jackets and get some more exposure. To me. That is pretty stinking cool. Again, we've got 
about a half hour until countdown to kip, uh, to uh, tip off with Gary Dickman in just a little bit. And University of Hawaii is going to be taking on uh, Long Beach State this evening. Uh, University of Hawaii in desperate need to kind of, speaking of rewrite the ship, rewrite their schedule with some much-needed wins um, in conference. Uh, the season is not yet over. They're, they're definitely going to be looking to right the ship uh, this evening. And uh, we're going to be looking forward to uh, kind of seeing what happens uh, to that effect. And uh, in just a little bit of time, there's been a report of a college football player getting nine years, count them, nine times. That's from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, by the way, if you, uh, if you know that movie. Nine times, nine years of eligibility. I said that correct. The NCAA has awarded him a ninth year as of today. That's a little bit of tease for the bottom of the hour. But uh, before we get to that, catch the next episode of the student section live from Autosource this Tuesday at 7 p.m. Chris and Cole sit down with Campbell Basketball's Tehani Doctor. Aliyah Bentolina and special guests from UH Football. Mahalo to Autosource and Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. A little bit more on that ninth year of eligibility coming to you guys after this break on ESPN Honolulu. Countdown to kick off with Gary Dickman getting us ready for UH against Long Beach this evening is about 27 minutes away. Until then, we've got a few other things to get to. First of all, we've got a couple of tickets to give away for this weekend against UC San Diego. This is Wahine basketball tickets this Saturday, the 20th, against UC San Diego. Give us a call at 808-296-1420. We'll go with the second caller. You're going to be receiving a pair of tickets. So give us a call again, 808-296-1420, and you will find yourself with a couple of tickets going to see some basketball this weekend. We were talking football earlier in the hour, and there's some college football news that came across the feed today that I, I, I got to jump in on. Miami tight end Cam McCormick has been given a ninth year of eligibility in the NCAA. I'm just going to check my math here. A, a normal... College career is about four years, four and a half years. This is literally double that. Double that. My guy started his career out at Oregon as a 2016 commit and missed significant time with several season-ending injuries. That time combined with his redshirt and COVID year allowed him to petition with the NCAA for a ninth season and it was granted today. To quote, uh, to, uh, quote one of my favorite movies, Tommy Boy, uh, whenever he got done with his time at college and uh, uh, he's picked up by Richard, he says, yeah, a lot of people go to college for seven years, Richard. And Richard replies, yeah, they're, they're called doctors. Well, I don't I, – I, no word yet on what type of degree Cam McCormick is going to land after his time in Miami is done, but – Hey, if you, if you ask me, stay as long 
as you can. Our very own Cam Stone uh, quoted this this tweet or this X earlier on the X platform, saying the the money must be must be just fine in college to keep him there for that long. And I I, I have to agree. What? Why in the world would you leave college if you've got it good there? If the NCAA is allowing you to continue to be a scholarship student athlete, why would you leave? Every time um, I'm, I'm, I'm down with with current players, uh, regardless of sport, and we're, we're talking about their future plans, their 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 future um, uh, ideas of what they want to do with their life after they're they're done playing sports. I I, I always ask, why leave? And uh, shout-out to Scott and Kaimuki, by the way, who's uh, going to be going to Wahine Basketball this weekend. Congratulations, Scott, for winning those tickets. But why would you leave college? To, to me, there are few environments like being a college athlete that the real world provides. Stay as long as you can. College is a wonderland. It is not real life. There's all kinds of structure and stability and safety that when handled responsibly, I might add, handled responsibly, can truly be a paradise for a college athlete. That's one thing that I, I, I most immediately felt right after my time at University of Hawaii was the, all of a, su- all of a sudden there's, there's no meetings to go to. There's no lift to show up to anymore. There's, there's no one checking up on my phone on, hey, did you do your homework? Or in this case, did you do your, your, your work for your job that, that we need for you the next day? That, that, that structure, that stability, that kind of hybrid between being a kid and being adult, because that's really what it is for, for a lot of these guys. You've got people checking up on you. Um, those blue chip schools, they literally have people attending to their every need. It's, it's a wonderland. You got trouble in one of your classes? You snap your fingers at University of Miami. At Miami. I bet you've got a, a, a slew of tutors to come into the room and help you with that exam. He could probably even peti- uh, petition a bad grade and they'd probably change it for him. That, that, that's the kind of power and influence that you have at one of these schools. So my question is, why would you leave? This is a little bit of a different uh, discussion, but I think we're going to start to see more four- and five-year college football players, college basketball players, that are already getting enough resource and respect at their apparent schools, that why would they go? Why would they go and challenge at the next level? That... Uh, let's take uh, Talia Tagovailoa, for instance, because there was news about him earlier this week, too, trying to petition a sixth year. Now, sixth year and ninth year are totally different. Ninth is uh, the another wonder of the world. Uh, uh, fr- friends that, that I played with, I, I had a buddy, um, Samson Angwai, who's, uh, who's coaching uh, over in, um, in Oregon right now. But uh, he got seven years, and we were all calling him grandpa but through, through the years of playing at University of Hawaii. But nine, that's two more seasons. That's, that's unbelievable. But oh, back to Talia Tagovailoa just for an instance, for a moment. I don't know if it has to do with putting himself in a better situation 
in a draft con uh, in a draft um, point of view. It might simply be he doesn't want to leave college. If you've got the setup, if you've got a considerable NIL contract to look at to consider, why would you go? I think in this new era that we find ourselves in, we're, we're, we're going to start to see a lot more players make this same decision to stay. The number is 808-296-1420. We'd love to hear from you and weigh in on this discussion. Do you think with name, image, and likeness, players are more likely to transfer or more likely to take their talents to the next level of their of their subsequent sport? Or do you think, as I do, that there could be a chance in this new reality that players might get comfortable? They might find themselves in a situation that honestly might be better than taking their talents to the next level. I'd love to hear from you. 808-296-1420. We've, uh, we've got an exciting uh, night of sports in front of us where the University of Hawaii basketball team is trying to right the ship on a somewhat disappointing season thus far. They're taking on a, uh, a Long Beach State team, which in, in, all, in all fairness looks an awful lot like us. They're 11-7. and seven. We're 10-7. and seven. Both teams drastically need a win. Again, Hawaii got it done uh, this past Saturday against UC Riverside, uh, showing a, a great bounce back after a very disappointing uh, couple of uh, home losses uh, to UC uh, Irvine and a couple weeks before that, uh, a couple others. And to, to me, th- th- this is one of those opportunities to continue the trend moving upward for University of Hawaii basketball. Coach Aron Ganat is a great communicator, a, a, a great motivator of his team. And right now, I, I think this is one of those moments where you get to see the, um, the, the, the true nature of what he can do impacting and inspiring his group to continue to right this ship. Could this be the start of a resurgence of this season? Could we be seeing ourselves contending? If we string together this this game against Long Beach State, um, this Saturday against UC San Diego, uh, we've got a, a home game uh, next Thursday against Santa Barbara. You know, we we could definitely find ourselves, if, if you ask me, in the first couple of places right there, it's going to be awfully difficult to, to catch UC Irvine, who is undefeated right now in conference. Uh, San Diego's right behind them. They're they're also undefeated in conference. But it right after that, it starts to get a little a little murky. You got CSUN, you see Santa Barbara, Long Beach is right in front of us. This is the time in our schedule to kind of see what we're made of, to kind of see where we stand with regards to the rest of our conference, and with the the conference. Uh, tournament in a little over a month's time away to me that this is the time where University of Hawaii has got to find something and find it quickly if they want to make anything of the rest of this season the uh, I believe it's time for an M Dyer Global scoreboard uh, brought to you by M Dyer Global always on the move uh, halftime between the Wizards and the Knicks at Madison Square Garden the Knicks have a one-point edge over them 46 to 45 also at halftime 
the Toronto Raptors taking on the Chicago Bulls, 58-63. to Chicago is actually up big at halftime in this one. Uh, over to college basketball, South Florida taking on Memphis, 58-64 to with 7.40 left in the second half. And Wichita State taking on number 23, Florida Atlantic, tied 66-66 to with uh, six minutes remaining in the second half. And uh, things are just getting underway in a Big Ten matchup against number 14, Illinois, taking on the Big Blue Michigan. A couple of points there as they get underway. Michigan State uh, dominating Minnesota tonight, 76-66. to That is the final, and that is the M. Dyer Global scoreboard always on the move. We've uh, got a quick timeout we got to take right now, but we will be right back on Off the Bench here on ESPN Honolulu. We are less than 15 minutes away from Gary Dickman jumping on here and bringing you countdown to tick uh, to uh, I was about to say kickoff. It's actually tip off because we're playing basketball. College fa- college uh, football is sadly coming to an end. And with that, we've got men's basketball tonight. University of Hawaii taking a Long Beach State. Really looking forward to seeing that matchup as both teams are in desperate need of a win and trying to be more and more competitive in this Big West conference. Now, this isn't the only thing happening this weekend. For for those that 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 follow another big time sport called the NFL, this is a big time divisional weekend in store for us this weekend. And I, I, I have to ask, which game are you looking forward to the most? Which matchup, which game, which which storyline are you looking forward to most? Is it the Green Bay Packers going and taking on the number one seed 49ers. I, I I don't imagine this one being much of a contest. Is it the Buccaneers taking on the Lions, which to, to me is the Cinderella, the, the darling of the season. And really, if you, you, Josh always likes to point out that the Cowboys are America's team. I, I, I'd like to say that the Lions seem to be America's team this season. That's going to be a lot of fun. The Chiefs and Bills is another interesting one. To, to me, this is this is one of the ones that I have circled on on my my weekend schedule in definitely blustery, intense, not comfortable, whatever adjective you want to throw in there. It's going to be really cold in Buffalo this weekend. Chiefs had that to their advantage last weekend against the Miami Dolphins, but they don't have that going in their favor this weekend because Buffalo is used to playing in the cold. Josh Allen wants it. And this, to me, is one of the best quarterback matchups that we're going to see this weekend. But all that aside, why are we not talking about C.J. Stroud more? To me, he, he he might even be in MVP conversations. Now, he, he's going up against the guy who is hands down probably going to win MVP this season in Lamar Jackson this weekend in a very, very tough divisional round matchup between the, the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens. But has C.J. Stroud broke the NFL draft mold? And I mean that with this point right here. Normally, you don't see success to this measure 
in a quarterback's rookie season. We saw it a little bit with Brock Purdy last year, if you want to give him that credit, but he came in not only as Mr. Irrelevant, but as as a player, second, third string sometimes for Jimmy Garoppolo and then for Trey Lance, and then basically just kept the ship from from going under, and a very good 49ers team was able to make it into the playoffs. Now, this is a different situation this year with C.J. Stroud. You've got a very gifted passer. You've got a very calm and poised football player with the ability, in my mind, to lead a team into the playoffs. A lot of Houston success, you can hang your hat on C.J. Stroud. This is breaking the mold, and it, it, this is totally different than what we're, we're seeing with, with a, a new kind of character in the playoffs in Jordan Love. He, Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers have somewhat of their own formula where the reason why they're able to find a great QB year in and year out, or I should say era in and era out, is because they don't put their new quarterbacks in the situation like what the Houston Texans have put C.J. Stroud in. They don't put their new quarterbacks in a position to win right out of college. It's so much pressure. It's such a, a leap, a, a jump, if you will, from the college game to the NFL. Everybody, and I mean everybody, is faster. Everybody is bigger. Everybody is better. The coaches prepare more Less people take plays off. Your 11 against their 11 is always such a tougher matchup at the next level. That, that, that is steep and difficult waters for any young quarterback to step into. And yet, for some reason, C.J. Stroud has found himself and his Houston Texans in a divisional round against the Baltimore Ravens. Could we be seeing an elite quarterback being cultivated in this in this round of the NFL playoffs? Give us a call 808-296-1420 if you want to weigh in on this discussion because in my mind I think we absolutely are seeing the potential of a future great quarterback right here that this is not the a, a couple of great wins and kind of fluking together a season for the Houston Texans. I think they have actually found themselves the quarterback of their future. They have found themselves maybe a top five quarterback in the next couple of years. You give him uh, another year or two, continue to build around him. The Houston Texans could be scary. Who would have thought who would have thought the Houston Texans of all teams would find themselves here with two wins away from a Super Bowl berth? I certainly didn't. To me, this is one of the the best storylines coming into this football, uh, this uh, this divisional round in the playoffs. Got about five minutes remaining before we send it over to Gary Dickman on the countdown to tip off here on Off the Bench, but. Uh, in tradition of this show, 
got to dig into my final words, and I brought it up earlier in the show, and uh, that, frankly, that wasn't enough time to to, to break into the, the the craziness that that that, that I saw earlier today. A, a former player from the Green Bay Packers was quoted saying this, and th- this is coming from Mark Chimura, a, a former. It looks like tight end of the Green Bay Packers. He says, you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but I actually think the Packers have a chance this weekend. And this is how. A 15-yard penalty. And I don't condone this, but yet I kind of do in the playoffs. A 15-yard penalty for a late hit on Brock Purdy is not a bad thing. As long as it's worth it. Oh, boy. I, I, I hate to continue to bring this more attention than it than it deserves but come on man have a little bit of class have a little bit of care have a little bit of a heart I I I get that you want your team to do well in the postseason I really do Packers weren't supposed to be here in the first place let's just take a chill pill. Let's take a chill pill. Let's go out, put your best team against their best team. Hey, your, your best team was good enough this last weekend. They handled the Cowboys. And I mean handled them. They, they hung 40 in Jerry World. What if they're good enough? What if, just like the Cowboys, the 49ers don't have a great showing and it comes down to a possession or two? Do you really need to stoop to that level? That's a bad look, man. That's a bad look. It, it, it's, it's been cited throughout NFL history that there have been different, uh, if, if you want to call it, plans or agendas from teams to, to headhunt prominent players on, uh, on the opposing team, but never to the extent of going to the media and throwing it out there that it might be worth a 15-yard penalty if you took a player out of a game. This is not it. This is not competitive. There is a line. And, man, I got to be honest, my man, you jumped way, way over it. This is what makes people think the game of football is not safe. This is what makes the the, the high-ranking officials in the NFL put in rules, put in regulations to keep the game from being played the way it was meant to be played in a tough but safe physical manner. Definitely not doing it right. You know who is doing it right? My guy, Gary Dickman, coming to you in just a couple of seconds here on ESPN Honolulu for Countdown to Tip-Off. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day.